welcome to Inspiration from the Couch. I'm Avery. I'm Jamie. And I'm Lucy. We are psychologists and moms. Join us as we discuss what we've figured out, what we've yet to figure out, and what there's just no figuring out. It's sure to be fun, and you may be inspired along the way. Hello, everyone. Oh, it feels good to be back. I feel like it's been forever. <laughs> but Three. Yeah. So today we're going to talk about adult friendships. And this is something that's really, really been on my mind. I mean, one, because we've some of us have had a couple of incidents with our husbands where we can't really turn to them. We need to turn to our friends when we get disappointed or frustrated or angry or whatever. But even beyond that, I have had conversations with a lot of my clients lately. And even beyond the pandemic, it seems like there is sort of a just a vast experience mm-hmm. of loneliness mm-hmm. and people feeling really disconnected. And, you know, I was thinking back like when I was younger, probably when you all were younger, it seemed like making friends was was a lot easier. I think we just had a lot more opportunities for friendship. And I, in high school, I seemed to like kind of run in in different circles with like different friend groups and it was pretty easy for me. But now that I'm in my forties and from talking to others, you know, really age 30 up to like one of my clients is in her eighties and we were talking about that and, you know, for different reasons, social networks seem to have declined. It's really hard to make friends and keep friends as an adult. So how about for the two of you, Lucy and Avery, what has been sort of your friendship network trajectory over time? What's that look like? Is that something that you've noticed? So I did not have a ton of friends in high school. I went to a smaller school and I started going to school there like when I was four and went all the way through senior year. And so kind of I don't know. I think maybe when you see kids that are that, you know, when you know people for that long, it's more like kind of like a sibling relationship with a lot of people. And you kind of like, so I I think, I mean, I would say I have friends for sure, but it it felt kind of like recycling these people. We'd known each other since we were four and it was kind of an interesting dynamic there. I think still there, there are people there from high school that I'm close to, but that was very different experience than in college where it was just for me, like the moment I moved into my dorm, I had this group of friends because I I went to college at SMU and there are a lot of people at SMU from Dallas and there are a lot of people that are not from Dallas. And I kind of connected to this group of people that were all not from Texas. And a lot of us had not ever lived in Texas, had never, had not been to Texas often. It's kind of this like a little bit of a culture shock. And we just like instantly Mm. came together. I will say I'm still really close friends with a lot of those people I met like in my freshman dorm because I haven't left Dallas. But one thing I hear from people, mostly my clients or even friends that I've made along the way, that Dallas is kind of like that, that a lot of people have known people forever and it's kind of hard to break in. It can be hard because you are going, your kids are going to school with people that have known each other since they were in school. And that it's, it can be a, one person was saying like, people don't really leave Dallas. And so there are these long lasting relationships. I mean, I've been friends with these people since I was 18 to 25 years. I've known my friends from college. And so there is this kind of long lasting friendship, I think that happens a lot here, mm-hmm. it seems like. So, yeah. 
Yeah. So I, interesting since we talk about friendships and I've always had lots of female friendships. I've spent most of my life in all girls school. So except for seventh and eighth grade was in two different all girls environments and have always really gotten along. And I think that the people sometimes are divided into two camps. Some people being like, women are like catty and they're tough and they're hard. And I think I've been in the other camp where I'm like, ah, this, I've had like the blessing of having some like wonderful friendships over the years. I've been staying in touch, you know, Avery, like you're saying, I'm one of those people who, you know, came from Dallas, mm-hmm. was here for college, went away for graduate school and then back. But there is a lot of that. I mean, there are people who I knew from growing up and mm-hmm. from high school and even people from college who stayed in Dallas. So there's kind of these built-in communities. I will say as an adult, although I have known a lot of people and felt plugged in, there have been lots of times where I have felt like lonely and disconnected. So I think mm-hmm. probably like, probably around the time... I don't know if it'd be graduate school or like after that, definitely since having kids, it's the sense of like, and I think part of it is, you know, when you're younger and you're like in high school or you're in college and you're like basically living with your friends, right? So Mm -hmm. you see them, you're talking, you're hanging out a lot. You're You're all doing the same thing. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Same phase of life. Well, and you're sharing a lot of experiences. So you're doing it together. So these joint activities, endeavors, you're probably a little more like emotional and hormonal. So you have these like powerful sorts of experiences together, which I think creates this really strong friendship. And I think for a lot of people as you get married and you couple off like maybe your partner becomes like a main source friendships you see these people less often mm-hmm. maybe you don't get into some of the same depth so it has a different feel and it can feel kind of lonely and disconnecting mm-hmm. yeah, yeah yeah absolutely and you know when I was doing research for this podcast you know it's not just kind of these anecdotes that we're sharing one of the surveys that I came across it was 2000 adults like US adults and what they found was that the average american hasn't made a new friend in the last 5 years and this is obviously pre pandemic too like yes we're mm-hmm. taking into consideration the last couple of years with the pandemic but even before that and what they're seeing is that friendship networks are shrinking like over time over the last few decades and you know people are about 4 to 5 more times more likely to say that they don't have any friends. So that, I don't know, I was just really sad about that when I saw those statistics. So, you know, friendships are important, but why do they, why do they matter? So let me ask this question too, because I was thinking about this. I'm struck like there's different types of friendships. Oh yeah, absolutely. So it's interesting the kind, like so I can think of the superficial, like you know a lot of people, you're kind of like in passing, Mm -hmm. but that feels different than someone who you can call and be like, I just had a horrible fight with my my Mm -hmm. child and I said X, Y, and Z, or like I'm devastated that X, Y, you know, something else happened. You can be like vulnerable Vulnerable. and authentic. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. I wonder when they talk about those, the decreased number of friendships, if it's kind of across the board, if it's like, because in some ways networks are bigger now with social media, there's this idea of like a bigger network and more connections, but we maybe lost the depth. I don't know. What do y'all think? About that, I think that that's I think that's probably true, and that maybe in some ways we know a lot of people. We certainly know a lot of things about people that we didn't know before, like on Facebook or Instagram, things like that. But I do wonder if maybe it's that depth of connection that makes that leaves. I know that leaves me feeling lonely when I don't feel like I've had a real conversation with somebody. I may have seen a lot of people or exchanged pleasantries or kind of surface conversation. And this is why I don't like group things. Why yeah. I don't like like large group things because I leave feeling kind of disconnected, like. Yeah. It's hard to connect. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I mean, that is true. And I think, Lucy, what you're talking about is more like acquaintances, really, mm. versus like true, true friendships. And there's even a term that they've come out with as far as like the digital contacts that we make. They're called e-acquaintances uh-huh. instead of acquaintances, uh-huh. e-acquaintances. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, you know, we can only keep up with so many relationships at a time. I think like the the topper which I was like, Ooh, that's a lot of people is like 150. (laughs) And so for people that have, you know, like thousands of contacts on Facebook or Instagram or whatever, you know, I don't know that you could necessarily call those like true friendships because you just don't have the time to keep up with that many people Mm -hmm. and connect with them on a true, real, authentic, like vulnerable level. It sounds like a lot of people. Yeah. I'm like, I don't don't know if I know a hundred, you know, (laughs) it's like (laughs) outside of like clients and everything else. I was like, that's a lot of people. I mean, a lot of people. Yeah. 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 I'm like, who are those people? But I know. Anyway. <laughs> you know. The other thing, you know, you were saying, I think earlier you maybe used the number like 30 and up. It's interesting because I have found with the clients in my practice that it's really like the struggle. I feel like it's around like 24. Yes. Mm. Like, like out of college. Right. So you're out of college. Maybe there's a little bit of like separation, like within a year or two of getting out of college. And then there's kind of this vacuum of like, how do I meet people? Right. Because I think when we're in high school and when we're in college, there are these ready Mm -hmm. social networks and that's all like built in. Right. But you get into the workplace and maybe you're with a lot of people of varying ages, varying stages in life. There's kind of some boundaries and parameters around professionalism Mm -hmm. versus friendships. And Uh so it just becomes much harder. So unless you go back to someplace where you have like an old network of friends, I think a lot of people have a hard time finding friends. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then maybe like once you get married, maybe there's something about that that can be helpful. And I think sometimes having kids is like Mm -hmm. that next developmental stage where once they get a little bit older and you Mm -hmm. start to meet their friend's parents, that's a ready-made opportunity. Well, and I think that kind of ties back to what you were saying about even in high school is this shared experience. I think uh-huh. that when you do have children, if you can get plugged into people that have children around the same age, you do have some shared experiences. I think about like those baby kind of groups, like mom and baby kind of groups that can be so supportive and so helpful because we're all doing the same thing at the same time. But I do think as we get older, those kinds of things kind of fall off. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I mean, I think there is, you can see like what happens as we age. Like, yes, I agree with you, Lucy, when I looked at the research, like that most people have like the largest social networks, like early to mid 20s. And then they tend to sort of like taper off after that. And a lot of times it's due to different life events, like entering the workforce or becoming parents. Actually, all of those sorts of things can affect just the breadth, but mostly the depth Mm -hmm. of our social network. So back to my question about why friendships are important or why it matters. I mean, they're extremely important to our physical health and our mental health as well, right? So studies have shown that loneliness is very toxic. They compare it to like smoking 15 cigarettes a day. Oh my. Like with, yeah, if you're lonely and, you know, it matters more actually, you know, people focus a lot and we've talked about this in previous podcasts about eating, exercise, that sort of thing but actually social connection is more important than those when it comes to the like longevity health yeah uh-huh. health and well-being and just the longevity of your life and so you know we're highly social species you know if you want to get all biological and evolutionary about it we're we're highly social and we need other people in order to survive and in order to thrive so we need each other we just mm-hmm. do i just have to interject real quick mm-hmm. what we hear most about as you were saying in terms of like be healthier. Mm-hmm. We hear about losing weight. 
Yes. Mm-hmm. Like we hear about all these things that yes. actually like other companies stand to profit from. Absolutely. I guess no one stands, we should start a company that profits from people making friends. <laughs> Real friends. Right. And so, like it having right. connections because right. it sounds like that's more important. But, yes. But it gets the short end of the stick. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And I'll talk about like, there are some digital opportunities, but I hear really mixed things quite honestly sure. about some of those digital opportunities to make friends. But yeah, I mean, I think it absolutely affects us. I mean, way down on a neurochemical level, you know, the neurotransmitter or the neurochemical oxytocin when we are present or in the presence of people that we trust that we really care about when we feel safe like that is what our brain and body were getting mm-hmm. bathed in that oxytocin neurochemical and it's really important because that is what helps us fight stress anxiety all of those things that do affect our health mm-hmm. in the long term so have either of you noticed i'm curious any differences in your own health say when you're able to interact with friends in a meaningful way versus when you don't? Or do you hear about that from your clients? 100%. I mean, I think that was one of the hardest things for me at the beginning of the pandemic. I like to be with friends. I'm an extrovert. Yeah. I like to be with friends a lot. And my husband and daughter are, are more much more introverted. And so it was like, I read this meme at the beginning of the pandemic. It said, check on your friends that are extroverts. We are not okay. <laughs> and it was like, I've never felt so seen. I was like, we are not okay. We are not okay. But yeah, I mean, it was because I like to be in real life with people. I don't, I, and I, I figured out some workarounds. Like I would have these like walk and talks with different people. At one point I had like coffee with, with people like on Thursdays and Fridays, I would go around my neighborhood and walk and talk on the phone with people or mm-hmm. have sit down and have coffee. And my cousin would sit down and have coffee in mm-hmm. Louisiana. We talk, but so I found some ways to work around, but yeah, I mean, that was really not helping my mental health and probably my physical health. I mean, I wasn't sleeping very well for a lot of other reasons, but that was a time I felt really disconnected. And another time was when I was a new mom. Yeah. That it was, and I had a lot of people supporting me and checking on me, but it was still just this, like, there was a big change when I got plugged into, actually it was like a mom and baby fitness class, but more it was just moms that were also breastfeeding and trying to figure out all the different things that you could come in and say, Hey, like this is awful. Or I was up all night and my, my boob hurts or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like you could really connect really and about real stuff. And that, that was really, really helpful. But those that makes are, such a difference. Yeah, it makes a when, huge difference. When my oldest was young, there were three other moms and the four of us got together every week. So on Fridays, and it would oh end up gosh. being like like lunch turned to happy hour. So it ended up being like a five or six hour ordeal <laughs> where we'd like sit around with the babies. And, but it was so uh, useful to have people who were like in all our kids were like within two months of each other. Yeah. Very important. So important. Because yeah. you talk about all the shit that no one else talks about. That's right. And you're high, you're tired. We were bedraggled. Like we came in, you know, not looking our cutest, of yeah. course. And you're like mm-hmm. nursing in front of, you know, like it's just, it's just very, you need that. Uh-huh. You just need that. Yeah. yeah. And I had a very different experience. I think like parenting outside of my sister and I were pregnant at the same time, which was, was wonderful. I'm so thankful for that. But I had both babies in grad school. Ooh. And so other than one other individual, Jason Heinemann, who, you know, is a man and then was not carrying this child, uh-huh. you know, everybody else was not in the same phase of life that I was in. And uh-huh. so doing grad school, being pregnant, having newborns, like that kind of thing was a bit isolating for me, even though I had some really wonderful friends, Sarah and Megan, who were just great at checking in on me and coming by and us still hanging out together. And I think they absolutely were very supportive and realized like that. Yes, I'm a new mom. I'm very busy, but my friends are very, very important mm-hmm. to me. Yeah. Yeah. Jamie, I think that underscores too that there's friends are great. And then there's something really powerful about having a friend in the same like phase of life as you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. 
Well, Avery and I have laughed over the years too about being like, what'd you call it? The super target of friendships? Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> right, because Avery and I, and I think, Jamie, this is probably before you like came into the fold yeah. with this, but like we had kids at the same mm-hmm. age and at the same school and we were doing the same work. So it was kind of like, ooh, you get all these needs met at <laughs> once. Uh-huh. Like a, a colleague. I'm going to tell you about this teacher thing I'm having going on. Yes, yes. it was great. It was great. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. I love that you all had that because I think for like for myself, it felt like I was kind of out of sync, you know, uh-huh. with my with my peers because we were not in the same developmental phase of life. And I, I feel like, yes, that's extremely important. And yeah. I do hear that from my clients a lot, too. Like, oh, you know, I haven't had kids yet, but everybody else is having kids or, or vice versa. And it just there are huge differences in like availability and time and it just makes it more difficult to and that happens with kids but with like dating too right so right like dating absolutely or like i'm in graduate school and they're and working, they're working. Or i'm working all a second job and mm-hmm. like oh yeah all of those yeah when you were talking about that Jane, i was like graduate school is really isolating yeah i mean like in let because you have friends before that that are not going through the same experience right. and so you're kind of isolated from those friends and as you pointed out, a lot of people in grad school do not also try to get pregnant or have babies or so then you're isolated within even that little community. Right, I mean, right. and that's it's a big yep. yeah, it's, it's a big deal. Yeah, yeah. And even like as we age, I mean, if you think like way further out, I mean, unfortunately, because we're all going to pass away someday, yeah. you know, our social networks will shrink down and then we're dealing with like health difficulties and, and other things, you know, going on. And one of the theories that I've from way back when I took my human development class, one of the theories is called social emotional selectivity theory. And what it says is that as we get older, we have limited time left mm-hmm. on earth. And so we tend to turn towards the relationships that are really fulfilling and meaningful. And we kind of let go of the rest. And so we were in this phase where we're kind of pruning, you know, <laughs> friendships. And so that really is a normal thing. And so sometimes I, I think like for me as a psychologist, to like provide that psychoeducation for some of my folks that are getting up in age. Like this is mm-hmm. totally normal um, that you are working on kind of prioritizing your friendships, you know, so focusing really more on quality than quantity. Yeah. yeah. So what do we do then if we are spread too thin? Mm. How do we decide <laughs> who we're going to spend time with, what we're going to do? So I think sometimes I use that rule of thumb not necessarily consciously, like I don't sit down and often think about this, but it's kind of like who fills you up? Like yeah. I think mm-hmm. as I've gotten older, I have very, I would say tolerance, but maybe it's interest in being around people. Do you know sometimes you're with people and you walk away feeling like like shit about yourself or like less than, or like you just yes. didn't click and I mm-hmm. or that it was all surface level. And I think kind of deciding, it doesn't mean I have to like mm-hmm. dislike those people or judge them or criticize the relationship, but that you try to focus your time and energy on the people who you feel like you really click with and that it like brings meaning and fulfillment mm-hmm. to your life. Yeah, that's right. Because I was thinking even, I mean, not necessarily getting older, like at the end of my life, but I mean, now we, yes. there's a limited amount of free time that we have. So there really is that desire to have you know, kind of get the most bang out of your, you know, from your buck, right? Yeah. Like that you really want to spend that time with people that have that depth and you have that connection versus a lot of time with a lot of acquaintances. And I think there was actually a time, I forget when it was, but that we were kind of starting to meet some new people and like we were getting more involved, like I think in the alumni group at SMU or something like that. And John was like, you know, I don't know that we need another group of friends. Like, I, I think we have several groups of friends. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what? You're kind of right. These are so, so nice. These these people are wonderful. I'm having so much fun. But like, if we only have so much time, we'd rather nurture some friendships that we already have. 
Versus like continuing trying to like grow that circle. Yeah, absolutely. To the point that you don't feel like you can have that depth of connection. Yeah. Yeah. But I think it was really relieving. It was maybe radically open dialectical behavior therapy, this RODBT training. And they, they talk a lot about loneliness and connection. But anyway, part of the research that they shared was that you actually really only need one or two close friendships. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I think shifting our expectation mm. to where I don't have to have this huge social network. I don't have to connect with 150 people. Like the idea of trying to be friends, like close friends with 150 people no. makes me want to panic. <laughs> me too. Um, yeah. So this idea that you could just have like a little handful and that that's totally yes. okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a psychologist, her name's Dr. Marissa Franco, and she is a, as I said, she's a psychologist and quote unquote friendship expert. And she's got a new book coming out in November of 22, which I think I've already pre-purchased because I I like her questions and her tips and everything. But she has several questions that I think are really great. So thinking about like our social networks, do I have enough time for new friends amidst my other friendships, relationships and Mm -hmm. obligations? So like really sitting back and kind of tuning in like do I have time for that like kind of what you and Mm -hmm. your conversation Avery with John about expanding social network Mm -hmm. and then how overwhelmed am I by maintaining the friendships that I already have like I feel like those two questions are great if you really sit back and take inventory of what's going on in your life and even if we do have time for friends we may with the friendships that we have I think it is important to kind of do an inventory and see are these friendships like you were saying Lucy are they fulfilling You know, Mm -hmm. are they really meaningful? Do my friends root for my success? Do I feel like I like who I am when I'm around them? Which I think is a a really good question. Do I feel like myself around them? You know, do I feel energized or do I feel deflated by their company? And do they show an interest in me? Mm -hmm. So I think all of those questions are, are really great ones that Dr. Franco came up with. And I encourage people to kind of sit back, think about the relationships that they have and kind of do an inventory. You know, it's interesting as you're speaking, I'm thinking what helpful questions that would be for young people to Yeah, right, absolutely. Our next episode will be on like adolescent friendships mm-hmm. and we all have adolescent girls at home. Yes. And I'm sitting here thinking like what a like insecure and uncertain time that yes. is mm. and, and what a huge shift to be able to like solidly, I don't know if they'll be able to look at it that way. I think mm-hmm. as you get older, like it's a little bit easier to evaluate it like that, but what a nice framework. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So how do we go about it then? How do we make friends if we're feeling like we've done our inventory and we just don't have enough people that we can fill their cup and they can fill ours? So how would we go about it? That's something I've laughed at (laughs) over the years, especially as I have made new friends, right? That it feels, I think you forget how anxiety provoking and like uncertain and insecure that can feel. So it feels a little bit like dating, Mm -hmm. right? Like, so I know that sometimes I've met people like and a few people who I'm close friends now and probably with y'all too, like the sense of like, can I ask them out for coffee? Yeah. Like, like, would yeah. that be weird? Do they, would they want to go? Like, can I call just to check in? Like, is that okay? Is it yeah. going to be strange? Is it going to be awkward? Like you feel like you're navigating this mm-hmm. new thing. And so I think going into it, knowing that one, that's totally normal. Yes. And two, like, how do we take the initiative and kind of like put ourselves out there? Because like, that's how you develop a new friendship and it's going to feel weird that's at right. first. Right. And it takes a while to get in that comfort place. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and I think a part of it is it doesn't have to be like that, hard like kind of like going out and like cold calling people and asking if they want to be your your friends you know right like one would be like to reconnect with old friends totally so you know there's all kinds of great things about that because you've got all these memories you have a higher level of trust like the foundation is already there and maybe you've just kind of fallen out of touch for a while and so 
you know, I think most of us lose friends, not because there was some huge falling mm-hmm. out, but because of logistical, practical things that just kind of get get in the way. That's so right. that would be one one suggestion. That's right. And one mm-hmm. thing I'll talk a lot with, especially my adolescent patients, but even, you know, adults that we don't want to go. I'm making this little like circle with my hands here. We don't want to go from like our comfort zone way out of our comfort right. zone, like blowing it up. We just want to take like one step. So right. like, is there a coworker that you really Absolutely. enjoyed having lunch with last weekend when there was a group? You know, is there a neighbor that you're like, we always say hi to yes. each other. Is there something that just could be right there? Like that you could move it. I talk about, especially with adolescents, that you could just move it up a level, like an acquaintance that you could make like a closer acquaintance, mm-hmm. a person that you to see in class that you could try to text outside of class about class. Like, how do we just take one little step instead of feeling like, oh my gosh, I've got to go from like, I don't even know your last name to now we got to be best friends. Like that feels like a lot of pressure. Yeah. But just taking those one, like that very next step. And like you said, Lucy, I mean, trusting yourself that, hey, it's going to feel awkward. It's going to feel uncomfortable. But if it's kind of like, if you don't do it, who is? Right. Yes. You know? So yeah, you do have to take initiative, but it doesn't have to be huge leaps, yeah. right? So being able to connect with people that you see on a regular basis and mm-hmm. maybe like you were saying, Avery, just taking it one step mm-hmm. above the usual interaction that you have with these people. And, you know, the great thing about that is that we tend to like people that we're more familiar with. Yeah. So, and vice versa. And so you're already kind of ahead of the game, you know, <laughs> to taking it to the next step if you have regular interactions with people. That's right. Yeah. I think sometimes another nice way to like slide in is through like a shared activity. Yeah. yeah. Right? yeah. So like, oh, like I'm going to train for this 5K. Like, do you want to train together? Yes. Right. Or I don't know, like a book club or right. let's be room parents together. Like yes. whatever, whatever maybe if you have a little like project and it's kind of a nice way to like start to join together and it gives it some structure and then the focus is on kind of the goal that you have but then you have this opportunity to connect around that yeah yeah especially if you're anxious for people who are very anxious i think that can be (laughs) helpful to have something else that is the focus rather than like we're just trying to connect that's right right and you can utilize the people that are in your social circle already to expand it. So if you want to talk to a friend that you currently have or, you know, one of your family members and say, hey, you know, could you put me in touch with somebody that you think that I might get along with, yeah. you know, and that way it's already sort of like pre-vetted mm-hmm. kinds of connections, you know, and and I think like the common thread among all of these different suggestions that we made is that really, if you want to make friends, you have to take initiative mm-hmm. in order to do that. I think you do have to take initiative. And I think also you have to shift a bit from when it kind of naturally happens, like in high school and college to like, it's going to have to be planned. And I think that's one thing I do with a lot of my friends now. I mean, like one of my closest friends is my cousin. And actually we talk every morning, every Friday morning at eight o'clock. And we do sometimes miss because life gets in the way, but we have it scheduled. And so we know it's there. And so sometimes we'll schedule for Thursday. Sometimes we'll schedule for Friday. Like that's why we started this morning at the time we did because I knew I had to talk. Me like we have this kind of built in or if we have dinner with each other, then maybe we say, okay, let's get our calendars out and schedule it before. And it's going to feel awkward. It's going to feel like, well, it can't just happen organically and naturally. But no, but no, it doesn't. (laughs) What what happens then is all of a sudden a year has gone by. Yes. And so Mm -hmm. I think just kind of taking that initiative to reach out, but also to say, okay, before we get the check, let's get on our phones and let's schedule something in a month or in a, you know, whatever. And so that you really do have those 
on your calendar because people get busy. And and I think we we have to shift the way we manage those logistics. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's so many different ways. So I think that maybe sometimes our goal will be to like keep in touch more often, have more With regular communication, yeah. right? Yeah. And I'm thinking like I have a good friend named Natalie who lives in Colorado. We went to graduate school together and we don't talk so regularly and we don't see each other a ton, but when we do, it's like we fall in mm-hmm. yes. to it. Like, like nothing happens. Mm-hmm. And then I think we have those friendships too where totally. maybe we're not in touch as much, but there's still this really nice depth that totally. can happen. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. So any quick tips or pointers at home for people to either expand their friendships or deepen the ones that they have? Anything that comes to mind? I think for me, the first thing would be like doing a bit of that inventory, Mm -hmm. like what and really tuned in, not just like, okay, who are my friends and how are Mm -hmm. they going? But like, how do I feel about it? Yes. Do I feel like my needs are being met? What do I need more of? What do I need less of? And then kind of creating a plan if that's deepening current relationships, if it's finding new friendships, like but being clear and just picking one one place to start. Mm -hmm. That's right. And I think kind of, I guess, piggybacking onto that, I think not being afraid to do the work yourself. I mean, it is going to feel awkward. We can just go ahead and name that. It is going to feel maybe like a dating situation. Like, ooh, can I ask her for coffee? And I would just say, yes. And one thing that really helps me is when I think about if she asked me for coffee, if I'm really kind of getting nervous, I don't want to text Lucy about coffee, but how would I feel if she asked me for coffee? I'd feel great. I feel excited. Okay, well, I'm going to offer that for her, right? But just really acknowledging that like, it can feel awkward. It can feel uncomfortable, but it also can be like up to you to be able to take those steps. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I'm thinking too, like what's the worst that can happen? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is they'll say no. And I think that one piece of advice that a mentor shared, which I think is so wise is, in our life, there are going to be people who run towards us and people who run away from us. There's going to be people we run towards and people we run away from. And like, really, my goal is to find the people I want to run towards who also want to run towards me. That's right. And so if they don't want to have coffee with me, like, good to know. Yeah. And like, that just means they weren't my people. That's right. <laughs> I, right? Love that. I love that. I yeah. Love that. And I would say that one of the tips that I like that I get from both of you that I get from my really good friend, Sarah and Megan, my other friend, Mike, is that we're always complimentary of one another. Yeah. And it's true, authentic kind of compliments, not just, hey, girl, you look great today, even though that feels really nice. But I mean, anytime mm. somebody does something that you can be proud of them for, mm. you know, if they have a great insight or Lucy, you were working on our new website that's going to yeah. be coming out at some point soon. Like, I mean, that's, check it out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think that's awesome. I mean, it's always a good time to tell somebody that they're great. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, that's a great yeah. point. All right. So I think that's going to do it for today. So next week, we're going to talk about <laughs> adolescent relationships. Yeah. And so this may be a really good episode for parents or anyone that kind of interacts with adolescents. Or who has awesome. your own inner adolescent that you're <laughs> working with too. Awesome. Thanks so much for listening. We look forward to seeing you soon. Thank you for joining us for this episode. Subscribe to Inspiration from the Couch wherever you access your podcasts. We always welcome your feedback. Visit us on our website at inspirationfromthecouch.com. Inspiration from the Couch.